as you can see, the slide popped up there. Um, you know, summer's arrived. How many know that the temperature and all those things, all of a sudden, isn't it funny how that right about the time that it says summer, all of a sudden, bam, it's hot and it's humid and, and uh, it's, it's very, very warm outside. And most, so we're, we're wrapping up the graduation season. And, and this week started the week, so we're getting messages from people saying, well, we're going camping this weekend. We're doing that this weekend. And, and so we've hit the season where people are going to be out of town every week, and it's kind of a, a moving target. And there's lots of activities. How many of you have driven by the lake recently? You ever notice, if you notice the spike in activity on the lake, I've got a neighbor that's got a boat, and, and just about every weekend early, I see that boat pull out of the driveway, and it's headed to the lake. How many know that at lakes and swimming pools this summer that there are lifeguards everywhere? Bob was a pretty big guy, and uh, he went swimming, and he got in trouble. And all of a sudden, it looked like he was going to drown. He was beginning to struggle, and, and he began to, how many ever been, you may have ever been in that situation where you almost drowned? I have. It's, it's not a fun feeling. And so the panic sits in, and he starts fighting the water, and he's flailing, and he's trying his best to, to get out. And people notice it, and they run the lifeguard, and they tell the lifeguard that Bob's out there, and he's about to drown. And, and the lifeguard is alerted, and he's watching, but the lifeguard just kind of sits there for a little bit. And, and, and Bob is still fighting and flailing and kicking and doing everything he can, but you can just see his body begin to wear out, and he begins to, to sink in just when it looks like he is about to go under the lifeguard dives in for beautiful rescue but you can imagine someone wondering why did it take him so long to do that well lifeguards know that many times if you go to get somebody when they're early in that position that because of their fight instinct because of them what they're doing that they will actually attack the person that is trying to rescue them and so many times what lifeguards have to do is they have to wait till the fight's a little bit out of them till they're exhausted and then the rescue is much, much easier, especially when it's somebody big like Bob. Wasn't that just a little bit like Jesus is with us sometimes? How many of you have ever had that time that you thought, you know, Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm drowning here. Jesus, the cares of this world, all the stuff in my life is just out of control, and it seems like I'm fighting every direction I, I can go. And, and where are you? Why haven't answered you? Know, I'm calling, and where's the rescue? And I believe sometimes he's like, you know, I'm waiting for you to quit fighting this thing and trying to do it on your own. When you settle down, I'm ready to rescue you. I'm watching. I never took my eyes off of you. And so as I begin to think about these things and begin to think about those that, that are graduating and I thought about, you know what, the best advice we can have, not only for our graduates, but for anybody, is this idea of how do we get a handle on life? Have you ever tried to grab a broken coffee cup mug that's full of hot coffee? If you don't have the right handle, you're going to burn yourself. Matter of fact, not too long ago, we had ac I'd accidentally left a, a skillet in the stove. I just was turned the, the oven on for something and left that in there. And, and uh, 
realized it, went in and pulled the skillet out and set it up on, on top of the um, stove. And, and I was smart the first time. I grabbed a, a mitt so that I had a handle. But after it sat there a little bit and I got to do other things, I noticed it was kind of in my way. And so I reached out and grabbed the handle to move it over and realized that the handle was still quite hot. There's something about getting a handle on life. See, there's much of this life that isn't right. And much that we fight against on a daily basis. Yet somehow, if we're all honest with ourselves, we know down deep inside that we were meant for more. Probably every one of us at some point have said, God, there has to be more to life than this. And the answer is there is. See, when we're born or when we're born again, we ask Christ into our life, all of a sudden we have a new birthright. And that birthright, I called it in a sermon a, a, few, a few weeks back, or a rebirth right, that allows us to step into a, a new God-given right to live and to love and to not just live some kind of superficial existence. How many know we always feel so much better when we have purpose? You know, just like anybody else, I have really good days and I have days that aren't that I wish I could get a do-over. I understand. But you know what the neat thing is? I never, ever wake up feeling that I have no purpose in life. And to me, that's one of the best handles you can get. See, truth is, especially for our graduates, I want you to write this down. There's no better handle on life than trust in Jesus. Trust. Trust is the word. So as I was thinking about that, my mind was drawn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Jesus made this statement. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of you rest for your soul sounds really good right about now? See, many of us are familiar, we're familiar with these words of, of Jesus. If you spent hardly any time in church or hardly any time in the Bible, you've, you've heard these words before. This, I'm not telling you anything that you haven't heard before. But what I'm afraid of is that far too many often we get caught up in all the cares of life and all the things we fight on a regular basis, all the worries that come along, all the difficulties that we're flailing through life, trying to keep things under control, and and we, we say on one level that we believe it, but our actions say that we don't really believe these words. This morning, I believe there's so much more here, not just for our graduates, but for all of us. And as we talk about this idea of how do we get this handle on life? Let's look at some of what Jesus said here first. What did he say? He said, come to me. It's pretty easy, right? You know, sometimes I think little kids get it faster than us adults do. A little kid falls and skins a knee or something happens in life and, and they see that person that has been there and cared for them and they trust. And, and if that person looks at them, oh, that's so bad, come to me. They don't hesitate. 
They don't wait. They don't try to figure out, no, I got this. Have you ever seen a kid say that? A little kid falls, get their knee, you know, come here. No, I got this, Mom. I got this, Dad. No. They say, That's, I know where my help comes from. I'm going over there. You see, there's something about when we just learn to, when he says, come to me, that we learn to approach him and we learn to trust him. I'm going to use the word trust a whole lot because I really believe that if we get it all down and we boil it all down, one of our biggest issues in life, we can know it all, we can memorize it, we can understand it, but if we don't truly put our trust, then we've missed the greatest thing that can truly give us a a handle on this thing that we call life. Back in the 60s, expert testimony was given to a Senate subcommittee on time management. I've ran across this, thought this was funny. They literally predicted in the 60s that advances in technology would radically change how many hours a week people worked. They forecasted that the average American would be working only 22 hours a week within 20 years. They said the greatest challenge, the experts said, would be figuring out what to do with all the excess time. So here we are, 50 years later. Now, we know there's been all kinds of advancements in in technology and things that's supposed to make life easier. So let me ask you this. How many of you are struggling with the idea of what to do with all your excess time? See, the truth is the world... And our heads keep spinning, trying to keep up with it all. It seems like the more technology we have, the more that's put on us, the more stuff we face, the more difficulties, and we're just running around like crazy. And we probably at times kind of feel like the guy that's drowning. We're just fighting everything we can just to keep our head above water. So I want to take a group quiz. Since we're supposed to have all this time, I'm going to take a group quiz, and I'm going to read a statement, and I want you to fill in the last word in the blank. You ready? I'm ready to throw in the... I'm at the end of my... I'm just a bundle of... My life is falling. I'm at my wits. I feel like resigning from the human. Think about that. Every one of those knew how to fill in that blank. That ought to tell us something. That ought to tell us that we're going through this life, that we're all at times in that boat. And what I love is the wonderful words of Jesus. I mean, with all that in context, picture what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Just close your eyes for a moment. Say that word, rest. Okay, open your eyes. I don't want to go to sleep yet. But but doesn't that just feel good? See, Christ understands that this life can be a struggle. That on all sides, but Jesus truly offers us a chance to get a handle on it. What does he say? He says, come. That indicates that, that, that he's saying, you know what? You're over there. You're doing all this stuff. Come here. I got you. I got a place for you. I've, I've got, you, you've been 
carrying all this burden. You've been trying to do it all by yourself. And I'm telling you, there's a better way. I'm telling you, there's a way you can get a handle on it. If you'll just come to me, if you'll just put your trust in me, I've got it. Then he uses the word weary. You know, we just read a whole bunch of statements that people say because they're weary. They're ready to give up, ready to call it quits, ready ready to throw in the towel because of all the weariness. Then he says burdened. See, not only weary, but we feel overloaded. We feel overwhelmed. We feel like that there's so much we've got to carry and we have to carry it by ourselves. And Jesus says, that is not the case. Come to me. If you're weary, if you're tired, come to me and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, we usually, what do we do? We usually try to fight the stress with all kinds of other things. And all he's saying is come to me. Too many times we incorrectly look at, the, at this invitation. And, and sometimes I'm afraid we even look at what somebody says. If you'll just come to Jesus, if you'll just do what he says, if you'll just give him the burden. So many times we mistakenly, I believe, think that, that, that in a sense if we, if we add church, if we add a relationship with Christ, if we add these things, then we're just piling one more thing on top of all the other stuff. But that is not true. That is the one thing that will make all the other stuff lighter and much easier easier to manage. I learned a long, long time ago. Now, just like you guys, sometimes I learn things and then I kind of momentarily forget what I learned. Have you ever done that? Oh yeah, I remember this lesson I learned. You see, I've learned that my time with Jesus is valuable. Just like I was telling Nathan at that time, there was something about sitting down with that first cup of coffee, even if that means you have to get up earlier, and cracking open the Word and reading it. I don't have any special plan. You know what I do? For those of you that that are saying, well, how do you do that? I actually have what they call a one-year Bible. that that It's divided up through the year. There's a little bit of the Old Testament Little Psalms, little Proverbs, and a little bit of the New Testament, and you just systematically read through the Bible in a year's time. But you know what I've discovered? As unspiritual as that may be, as just open it up and see where it falls, there is something about when you systematically go through it. And I do, I have a little spiral notebook, and I write down the scriptures that I read. As I read through it, when something jots down, jumps out, I Jot it down and maybe go back and do a little bit more research into what's that, what that's actually saying. But many times, you know what happens? There is something in there that speaks. It's amazing how God can work it out that even though you're systematically going through, that they're just what you need for that day is right there in front of you. And I'll write something down and begin to pray, go back and pray. And then when I get through all the highlights, I go back and I pray through them. 
And I do that. I work on my relationship with Jesus before I even start praying for my personal needs. And that becomes so rich, and life is so much better. But as I told you, sometimes lessons that I learn, I can forget. I can let busyness sometimes get in the way. There can be some, some mornings that I have to be somewhere super early, and I'm like, you know what? I'm sleeping in. And if I'm, and if I'm not careful, I'll let too many days string together. All of, a sudden, all of a sudden, it seems like all the worries and all the cares and all the stuff of the world just begin to pile up again. And I begin to feel overwhelmed. And I can go back and I can sit at the feet of Jesus again a little bit more time. And all of a sudden, even though those problems and those things are still there, all of a sudden, they don't seem so heavy. All of a sudden, I feel like, you know what? I've got a handle on this because he has a handle on this. See, son, there's things that we need to do. We can, yes, we can rest our bodies. We can take a nap. But the problem with the nap, and I'm not, not against naps. I believe in them, especially on Sunday afternoons. But a nap's not going to be the answer because when you get up, the problem's still there. And we all do, we're in vacation season, and sometimes we do. We need to take a week. We're taking a week and a couple of weeks, and we're going to get away for a few days, and, and I'm looking forward to it. But I also know if, if, that's, if you think that's going to solve your problems, all that does is the stuff you put on hold while you're gone will still be there when you get back, and the other stuff will be piled on top of it that you didn't get done, right? Sometimes you go on a vacation, you come back, you need a vacation from your vacation. But Jesus is standing there. And he's saying, I've got the spiritual rest that you need. Come to me. But I have to get this done and that done. I've got my list. Or you say, I'm just too weary to fight anymore. You know what? When you're too weary to fight anymore, that's when Jesus says, good, now I can rescue you. See, so many times we let our own things get in the way. All he wants is for us to come to him and to trust. Does that mean everything works out like you want it to? No, there's a lot of things that I have prayed in my life that when God answered the prayer, it was not like I wanted it to look like. But you know what? His way is always best. I can, I can honestly say this. He has never, ever, ever let me down. That doesn't mean we don't face difficulties. That doesn't mean that the parent you pray for is not healed. I don't know why I'm even saying this. Maybe for somebody this morning, but I'll never forget the last visit I had with my dad when he was in the home that he was in. Because of memory care issues, we had to put him into a place where he could have 24-7 watch. And it was so difficult to go. And visit. I love my dad. I love visiting with him. And we would have conversations. But he could go to the bathroom and forget that we were even there. And then we track him down. Oh, I'm so glad you came to visit. That is difficult. He never ceased to know who we were. That was difficult. Remember the last time I went to go visit? Standing there and looking at him. And he just... He was such a sweet man. And just watching him struggle. And I left that visit. And I said, Lord, 
I know you're a miracle-working God. I know you can heal him. I know you can set his mind right right now. And I prayed that and prayed that, and it just didn't happen. And finally, that last time, I said, but Lord, if you're not going to, I know he's ready. Take him home. Take him home. Early that next morning, we got a call that that night he had passed away in his sleep. He was sad. But you know what? I knew he was much better now. He's not having any trouble remembering anything. So sometimes we don't may not get things exactly like we asked, but Jesus always has the answer. You know what the truth is? Even if we feel like we lose in one instance, we put our trust in him, we win no matter what. We win no matter what. Luke 10, 41 and 42. Sometimes we let our busyness get in the way. We have a bunch of Marthas running around with Jesus saying, come to me and be a Mary. You're probably familiar with the story. Martha had, Jesus had come to the house and, you know, Martha had gotten host mode. How many of you husbands, wives, and people know what host mode is? When you run around like crazy. I remember when I was a kid, I used to hate it when mom got in host mode because that means my room had to be clean. Yeah, exactly. But Jesus is coming. So you can imagine Jesus is coming to the house. And so Martha's running around like crazy getting things in order. She's running around getting the meal together. She's preparing all these things. And and in the midst of all this, Jesus starts talking and and teaching. And Mary just walks over and sits down at the foot of Jesus and says, forget all that. I'm I'm zoned in. And, And Martha gets a little upset. Lord? Tell her to come help me. Verse 41 and 42, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. See, there is something about when we just rest in him. We can get so busy running around. You know what? Let me say this. We can even get so busy in doing things for Jesus that we neglect to sit at the feet of Jesus. So we need to be careful about that. Come and rest in his word. Come and sit at his feet. But I don't have enough time. You don't have enough time not to. Psalms 91, 1 and 2 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He's my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. How many know that he's our place of refuge? See, there is no better handle on life than trust in Jesus. What else did he say? He said, take my yoke. Take my yoke. What he's saying is lighten your load here. You're carrying all this stuff by yourself. You're hooked up to the wrong wagon. 
Why don't you set that aside and come try my yoke on for size? It's a, it's a little lighter. It's a little bit more custom fit to who, how I created you. Ooh, that's good stuff right there. It's lighter. It's better. I want to say, wait a minute, Lord, I'm trying to lose my burdens, not take another one on. Or I've heard things like, well, the church is too restrictive. How can that help? But you know what? How many know that, that, that sometimes not res- we don't need to look at it as restriction, but guidance? I marched to my own beat. How's that worked out for you? John 8, 34 and 35. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, a slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. See, all of us are going to be yoked to something. I'd rather wretch mother be, be adopted by the king than be a slave to sin. Just saying. But you know what the best part is? Not only are we under the yoke of the king, we get to be yoked together with other believers. And we get to work together to accomplish things together. You're not doing it out there on your own. You're not doing your own thing. And the great thing about a yoke is that the pace is set for you. You know what I've learned about following Christ? is as much as I want the church to advance faster than it is, the more I've learned that I can just wear myself out tugging and pulling and trying to figure things out, and it just goes much better if I just go ahead and go at the pace he's already set. Doesn't mean you get lazy and they drag you along. You've got to do your part. But there's that sweet spot where you just settle in to his leading and his guiding, and you just walk in accordance with what he's doing because he's the one that knows best. This is what he says as he moves on. He says, he says, learn from me. I mean, sometimes we're not the best at learning from him. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound peaceful? Doesn't that sound much better than trying to figure it out on your own? Doesn't that sound better than following the gentle teacher rather than going to the school of hard knocks? You can trust him. Rest for your souls. You may say, that pastor, that all sounds good, but I need real world, world results. You know what the best real world results is? Trusting him and watching him work it out for you. It's the most incredible thing you'll ever do. See, he always comes through. Always. Now, he's not a genie. We don't command him. He commands us. Sometimes I think we get that backwards. Well, I prayed and he didn't do what I said. Well, he's, you know what? You're not in charge. He's in charge. But you know what the great thing is? We can trust that he has our best interests in mind and he has your family's best interests in mind. He has 
your church's best interest in mind. He, you know, if, if we just back up and let him be God, things work out so much better. And we, But we do. We carry so much extra stress and stuff on ourselves. I did a message years ago titled, Four Things That God Never Says. And I thought this would be a great time to revisit. One first thing he never says, when we're asking, we're begging, we're facing a difficulty, he never says, hold that thought, I'll be right back. Because he promised he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. When we're going along and we're caught by some surprise, he never says, I didn't see that coming. Wow. <laughs> and we're praying about our future. He never looks at us and says, I don't know what's going to happen next. Let's find out. And as I even used this one a few weeks ago when we talked about the hope rising. He never says, sorry, there is no hope. See, these statements may sound silly, and we may laugh at them, but many times, if we're honest, we kind of believe them a little bit at some level. See, God is speaking to you today. He never turns a deaf ear to his children. He's the beginning and the end. He knows exactly what's coming next. Jesus laid down his life so that we would always have hope. You can trust that. We're taking on his yoke. We're hooking up to the best team of all. And when you follow his leading, you may not feel like you're getting anywhere fast, but then all of a sudden you'll get a few years down the road and you'll look back and you'll see how far you've actually come and how much has been accomplished your efforts will bear fruit that will last because there's no better handle on life than trust in Jesus. I'm going to wrap it up with this, if we can get some music in the background. See, the choice is really this simple. Easy and light or heavy and hard. That's our choices in life. We can do it easy and we can have a light load or we can do it heavy and hard. You know, say what you want. You can doubt if you wish. But nothing gives us a better handle on life than yoking yourself up with Jesus. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light for a reason. See, gone is the Garden of Eden. Eden. And... And because of the fall of man, because sin is in this world, every one of us, like it or not, we're going to be yoked to something. Matter of fact, it even says, basically, we're either going to be a slave to sin or we're going to be a servant of the master. That is our only choices. Blazing your own trail is just an illusion. Because it leads to a place that you don't want to go. James put it this way in James 1, 13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted of God or by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives, brings forth death. That's what I call the hard way. 
How many ever been down that path? You pick up a little something that you kind of know you really shouldn't play with and you, you entertain it and it grows. The next thing you know, you don't have it, it has you. And it takes you on a journey that you never wanted to go. It takes you further than you wanted to go and you find out the price is bigger than you ever thought it'd be. But under the yoke of Jesus, it's an easier, lighter road. James went on to say, verse 16 through 18, Do not be deceived, my dear, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the fathers of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Those was the saying is God doesn't change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. See, the choice really is easy and light or heavy and hard. See, the reason it's heavy is because it's all up to you. I mean, no, we can't carry it by ourselves. It's hard because you're at the mercy of circumstances otherwise. I don't know about you, I'd much rather know that my life is being guided and has a purpose than to just be out here thinking that I'm going through life by chance and stuff just pops up and happens and, and that kind of stuff. So much better. Oh yeah, the, the hard stuff seems fun for a season, but we just read, where does it end up? It ends up in death. And the final destination it's what really matters. We you know we get a little too caught up sometimes in the things of this world and things we face in our circumstances and we keep forgetting that God is sitting there and he has the whole picture in mind. He has the final result in mind. He has our, where we're going to spend eternity is more important to him and should be than this life. But you know what the great thing is about following him? You're blessed here and you're blessed later. It truly is the ultimate win-win situation. I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to pray. Remember years ago, we did one of our first events out here for Halloween alternatively called No Monsters Bash. And I think it was, I know it was Billy that brought the segue, but I think... Didn't you dress up as Darth Vader? Okay. I just remember it was just the coolest, it was the coolest scene because there was Darth Vader running around the property on a Segway. I mean, with his cape and stuff, it just looked like he was kind of floating by the forest around the property, you know? And I never forget, though, Billy came up to me and said, hey, you want to ride the Segway? I'd never been on one before. I thought, well, that'd be cool. And I got on it, and and this thing that, it, that some people make it look so easy, I said, man, I'm bucking back and forth and rocking and trying to stay on this thing. And, and it wasn't until I realized, quit trying to control it myself and relax and let it do the work. And all of a sudden, it got smooth. It got easy. All I had to do was just lean a little bit one way and off we went 
All I'd do is lean up a little bit one way or the other, and it would turn left or turn right or it back up or it'd stop. And I'm like, this is cool. But isn't that a lot like it is in life? We want to buck, we want to control, we want to get things ourselves, and Jesus is just saying, come to me. Put on my yoke. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And when you quit fighting and bucking and trying to do it yourself, you'll be amazed how easy all of a sudden it gets. But we're so guilty of doing things ourselves. 